is my pleasure to introduce Erica Peterson. She is one of the vice presidents at Central Bank in Sedalia, Missouri. She is also the business development coordinator and the marketing director. I had the pleasure of meeting Erica when I was a presenter at a 1 million cups monthly meeting. Erica is under 40, but already has 20 years of experience in banking. Join us as she shares banking advice and services for businesses, young adults, and the average Joe. Banking is changing. Erica explains innovative ways in which a bank can help your business and steer clear of pitfalls. I hope you learn just as much as I did in her interview. Welcome back to Big Boss Mayor. This is Brandy Von Holten, and today I'll be interviewing Erica Peterson. Yay! (laughs) Okay, so Erica, um, she works at a bank. What bank do you work at? I work at Central Bank. Okay, Central Bank. And then um, where all will you find Central Bank at? We actually have locations all over Missouri, which is our, our main hub. Our main branch is located in Jefferson City. But we have banks in Illinois, Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Colorado at this point. Okay. All right. So um, how many are in Missouri? Oh, my gosh. Several. Um, So we have locations in Kansas City. Um, They just purchased some additional banks up there in Platte Valley and Liberty. So kind of that metro area up there. We have locations in St. Louis, Jeff City, Columbia, Springfield, Branson. Okay, lots you, of lots of places. Okay, y'all sound like uh, <laughs> like Subway. Y'all are everywhere. Right. Okay, so I um, this right here is Big Boss Mayor. Okay, so we're always talking about like female leaders. Okay, so you are the vice president at your branch. Correct. I'm one of the vice presidents. One yes. of the vice presidents. Now yes. you also have two other job titles besides wife and mother. Correct. Okay. So before we get into your work, so you have been married for how long? 16 years. Okay. 16 years. And then you have not one, but not two. But three, three babies. Three babies. How old are your babies? Our oldest son is 14. Our daughter is 11. And then our youngest son is seven. Okay. All right, so she is a wife, she's a mama, she's a vice president, okay? So this is this pretty cool interview for all of our ladies out there that are wanting to be professional business women, okay? So you're one of the vice presidents, you're also the business development coordinator, and you're the marketing director. Yes. Okay, so let's go into some of the things that you do in each one of these before we get into... Uh, tips and advice for our listeners out there, okay? So business development coordinator, what what is a BDC? <laughs> like, okay, it's not, it doesn't go by BDC, but the business development coordinator, what does that do? So I was initially hired to work with our business customers at the bank to inform them about the products and services that we offer to make them more efficient and to help them earn additional money and or save money by the different products that we have at the bank. Okay, so um, this right here is where I met you. Correct. Okay, because um, you and one of your, or one of the um, loan officers um, took us out to eat lunch and was like, how can we give you some money? Exactly. We wanted, y'all wanted a loan, or wanted to give us a loan or see what all we have going on. Um, so, um, okay, so let's talk about 
is that what you typically do is you'll just get down and get to know the person so then you can um, assess their needs, build trust? Correct. So banking is not what banking used to be. So, you know, I've been in banking almost 20 years. So when I first started in banking, mm-hmm. I we, we only had ATM cards. Okay. Um, and so... You know, you came in the bank and you opened a checking account and you still ordered checks and you got an ATM card. So you only could use it at the ATM to get money out. It wasn't what our debit card is today. And it wasn't too long after that, however, that we kind of converged into this, the debit card world that we're in now. Okay. All right. So back in the day with an ATM. Okay. Right. I, don't, I don't think I've even pulled cash out of an ATM. Neither. No, I don't think I've done. I mean, like. I haven't done that in a while. Um, okay, so tell us some of the, uh, like a small business and like a large business that you have, um, did your business development coordination, like your job duty with. Sure, so so I'm going to revert back just a second um, to when I, when I first started, banking was very different than it is today. Um, so you had a loan at a bank and you had a checking account at a bank and that was it. Like that was your whole relationship. Um, now it's completely different. So the, the, my job is as business development coordinator is to say, Hey, we have a lot of other products that you probably wouldn't have thought of a bank offering because a lot of these products didn't exist 20 years ago via your bank. So for instance, uh, merchant services, which is one of the things that we offer at the bank allows a business to accept credit card payments you know, not every bank has the ability to offer that program, and some banks do offer it, but they don't do it internally. So we're very lucky to have our own department where we can process credit card transactions through the bank instead of going through someone else. Right, because a lot of people, like, they'll use Square right. or they'll use PayPal. I think PayPal's right. able to take credit cards. Correct. Now there's a Venmo. There are a lot of different avenues, and the thing that we try to say is uh, – I am the kind of person that if it's not something I believe in, if it's not something that I think would benefit you, I'm not going to talk to you about it. I'm not going to, I don't want to just sell something to sell something. That's just not who I am. See, it, it seems like something so foreign to think about your bank being able to process your credit cards. Now that's right. kind of cool because like right now, if we have issues with someone, um, whenever I get on that 1-800 number to call, I might not understand them. Okay. And that's, and that's what we try to focus on is, right. is our customer service. Now, I'll be the first one to tell people, we have people call in and say, hey, I have this or I have that. What do you think? And to me, the thing that's the most important to me is to be honest with that customer. If I think I can save the money, then by all means, I'll say, hey, right. come on over. We'll do what we can. If not, I also am very comfortable and confident in saying, you know what you're doing is great and where you want to go is great. It may just not be with us. But I think that's the thing that makes our, our small hometown bank so different and so special is that you're still a person Mm -hmm. um, and you still have a person that just like you said when you have a problem you don't call somebody you call me and that's what makes the difference okay yeah I know that being able to get help I mean I have needed I've needed some help before and it was like online and if you've ever tried to get help (laughs) from like Facebook help or Google help, it's really hard to get where you can talk to someone. And anything that's like in the virtual world and taking credit cards, it's awful. Like I hate it because I get pretty tapped out pretty quickly on um, my technology skills. 
<laughs> I think that's like the nicest way to say that. And it's just really nice that you can call and be like, okay, help me with this. Or if you have fraud, you got to get that like right. squashed immediately. And it just seems like sometimes it takes longer than what it needs to. Like as soon as I know that we have a problem, we need it to be squashed. So that's kind of nice to deal with a bank that you know, and then the, you can call on the person that you know them by name. Right. To be able to fix your stuff. Okay, so business development coordination, you're basically casting a net out there to see what these businesses, what they're doing and what their needs are, and if you have something that can help them better their business. Correct. And so just like when we went to lunch, that's all part of, of the process, if you will. So it's really easy to go online, and I could pull up your website and say, oh, yeah, Brandy David, they, they run a horse ranch. I bet they'll need this. But it didn't take us very long into our conversation at lunch to figure out, hey, there's more to just Brandy and David's ranch than riding a horse around the ranch every day. You have your books and you have all the different things that you do out here. And that's why sitting down and actually having a conversation with someone is so vital um, to what we can offer. And, and the whole process overall, you really develop a relationship, not just, they're not just another person. It, you you right. know a lot about them. Right. Everybody, every time we get interviewed for, like we just got interviewed for uh, the, the heartbeat with FCS Financial. And um, that it's kind of ironic because they're also uh, a bank or like a lending. A lender. Right. Yeah, a lender. And um, y'all were the ones that were like, hey, they've got a better interest rate for one of our, our largest um, loan, which is our mortgage. Right. And... Um, even your loan officer was like, hey, I think the rates have dropped, so you should have them refinance. So, like, even that helped. But now we're giving you more of our more of our smaller loans, right. and we've also got an account with you. And it just takes a little bit of time because I know, like, we have trust issues. Like, it's a little bit weird for us. So we're out in the middle of nowhere, right? And then it's it's just odd. Uh, I Not odd, but... Um, a lot of trust, a lot of trust between a business person and a, and a banking um, right. agency because they know all of your stuff. They know if you have a hot check, they, <laughs> they know what you spend your money on. I mean, they could look that up. You know what I mean? So right. you really have to trust the person that you're getting your banking services from. Yes. And um, we like to have, we, we actually do business with three banks, you know, we, so we like that not to have everything at one. I don't know if banks really like to do that, but I know it, we have to feel secure right? and it helps us. So, and I know the, like we just took out, we, what we have with you is we have a loan for a stock trailer and then we also have the loan for my husband's shop. Mm. So we, you got a little bit bigger that time. <laughs> okay, so. Anyways, okay, so this business development coordinator, it just really sounds like you are having to like kind of hunt down and try to really get to know and learn these businesses because for us, everybody thinks, oh, they ride horses and they run and the mane is flowing everywhere. But in all actuality, I ride horses a lot less now than what we did before we had this business. And my husband and I are actually about to embark upon um, online uh, classes. 
So I have um, a goal-setting sisterhood. It's actually called Big Boss Mare. It's private. And that right there, I have right now, just starting off, I have where people had to do a pay in full. And that's because I'm not ready to go to a monthly Mm -hmm. payment because that's going to be, it's going to be job intense and credit cards and debit cards and, you know, something, somebody's card will expire or, you know, like it's just a big headache. It's a lot easier to pay in full right now until that thing grows. So of our three online businesses, the goal setting sisterhood. Um, so I'm going to do a hundred days of people watching me set goals and then they're invited to do that. Then the next one is a novice, um, adult, horsemanship lessons and also youth will be invited into that but it's basically I'm trying to get like the adults that never did get to go to horse camp Mm. and then my husband's wanting to do a much larger one where it's like building with David so like here like for you as a banking officer a lot of times people would take a snapshot and be like oh they ride horses and people come and camp But then here we are with like, oh, no, we have these elaborate three businesses that we're wanting to start online, and we're going to have a need for processing a larger quantity of cards than what we already do. See, like you would never ever known that if we weren't here doing like a podcast, and then we had lunch, you learned about the books and the planners and the wedding barn. So it's really nice to have a relationship with your bank and it's nice that they have a business development coordinator because you would never know to ask those questions right and I think that's one of the most important pieces that I try to tell everyone that I know is you know in the world we're in everything is is more virtual and, and obviously more so this year than we've ever seen before and it's so easy to just go online and and get, for instance, a mortgage, you know, Mm -hmm. you you see all those ads all the time, go online, get a mortgage. It's easy. You know what it is that that's true, but there's something to be said about that relationship because if something happens, if if you need something or you want to change something, who are you going to call? Who are going to ask questions to? And if you have a mortgage with a bank, you have a person you can go in and talk to but especially someone like you in your situation, say you had a mortgage and you had a farm, you know, you already have an in, so to speak. You already know a person at the bank and that person can lead you to other people and really continue to grow that relationship. Now, does everybody have the same situation as you? No, but there's always an opportunity to grow that relationship. And I feel like this, the virtual world we're in, we're missing out on so much of that relationship building um, I would much rather come and talk to somebody in person than sending me. I don't like sending email. Right. Um, I'd much rather call and have a conversation or come talk to you face-to-face. Again, I think that's something that's being lost a little bit, but still very important in the banking world. Well, and, you know, so much gets lost. Like, I've had some people get ten shades of ticked off at me of something that I typed because they put the wrong emotion with it. Right. So, man, so much is lost whenever it's written or it's typed, because a lot of times whenever you type an email, it's in bullet form, boop, 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 which seems choppy. Choppy seems mad. Right. You know, and it's not even like that. But um, so it is nice to have that one-on-one relationship. You know, with with our things that we're trying to do virtual, it's our end goal is that people will also come here. And so they'll have not only have the relationship with us in person, but then it's like extended and have this deeper relationship with like the continual seeing us online and then 
but we want, I'm a people person. I, I hate, um, our downtime, mm. but then I know I need it. I've got to recharge and everything, right. but I'm just so used to being around people and like hearing your job, you know what you kind of sound like is like the banking beautician because <laughs> my beautician knows so much dirt on me. Right. Like if anybody ever wants to find out dirt about Brandy, you go get your hair done and you'd be really nice to my beautician, but she wouldn't tell you anything, you know. You just trust him so much. <laughs> but anyways, okay, so the next thing that you also do is you're a marketing director. So I feel like there, there's two parts to marketing. There's the traditional piece of marketing that we know, which is radio ads and, and TV and, and that kind of thing. But there's another piece of marketing that actually really folds into the business development side, which is telling people about who we are and, and what we do. So it's it's going out to events and really meeting new businesses in the area, being involved with the Chamber of Commerce, for instance, um, and, and really putting our brand out there. This is who we are and this is what we can do. And you know, the banking world is very competitive. Um, oh, so Everything is competitive. Right. Oh, and you know, and some people play nice and some people act like they play nice and then some people just play dirty. Yes. <laughs> And it's hard, it's hard to navigate those waters, so to speak. Um, but again, that, that brings me back to that same comment of it's important to have a good relationship. Go have a conversation with somebody. I bet you can learn a lot about them in just a conversation as to what they can do, what they can offer, but really what kind of person they are and, and how they can really help you either grow or, or not. Well, so talking about getting out into the community. So we had, uh, there's a TV show called... Um, the voice Mm -hmm. and we had 2019's third place finisher dexter roberts out here and we had so many different things going on we had a corn dog stand called dick's corn dogs and he's uh number one in freshness at the state fair like (laughs) nice family phenomenal corn dogs okay so when we have them out again you better come on with it because i ate two and i gave one to my dog also so i actually bought three but uh, we had them out. We had a decorate your campsite. We had a costume contest. We had trick or treating, and so you and I think you had three other people with you. Yeah. Yes, um, came out all dressed up and handed out candy. So that's with you being involved in the community. And one of your people, her name is Cameron. Cameron brought her A game she on her did, costume. Yes. She was, if we would have had one more trophy, she would have gotten that trophy because I think she ended up fourth and we had we had trophies for the top three. But, like, man, I know she put some hours into that costume. I don't know what it really was. It was like a bustier with some, like, 1800 shirt and, like, a beak thing. I don't know what it was. It was really cool. <laughs> yeah, it was. She did, She's very, very talented. She has a degree in graphic design. So she's very artsy and very good at doing that kind of stuff. Well, you know, whenever I call her and I'm always, um, like, our job is feast or famine. We either got money or we ain't got no money. Okay? <laughs> like, nothing in the middle. Okay? Nothing is nothing is ever normal. But um, I can ask her a question. She's like, is that Brandy? And I'm like, yeah. And then she can be like, okay, let me look this up for you. And I'm always, because I have to pay ahead. If I didn't, then I would get behind which that sounds really stupid to say, but I think a lot of people in construction and farming understand it's like you ain't got no money and then you got all the money in the world and then you blink and then you ain't got no money again. Right. (laughs) 
Okay, so she has a graphic design degree, so let's talk about, do you have a college degree? I do. I actually, I went to State Fair originally, so I have an Associate of Arts degree from State Fair Community College, Um, and then I transferred to what was Central Missouri State University, which is now the University of Central Missouri. You're showing your age. I know. Because the college changed its name. It did. It changed its name the semester before I graduated, so I have UC, UCM instead of CMSU, but only by one semester. Well... Jonathan graduated in the midst of the change. Jonathan's the husband. The husband, excuse me, yeah. So he actually got two degrees in the mail, one that said Central Missouri State University and one that said the University of Central Missouri, both the same degree, but they sent him two certificates, which I thought was very interesting. Okay, so he he must have happened the semester before me right there. Yeah. We must be on the same, uh, wow, it's kind of neat. Small world. Yeah. Yeah. I I went to UCM and... My first two degrees came from Arkansas, and then my master's came from Uni- uh, University of Central Missouri in uh, Warrensburg. Mm-hmm. So, so I have okay. a Bachelor of Finance degree from the University of Central Missouri. Okay. is Okay, so you are actually using your degree. I am. You, okay. you know, uh, just... <laughs> a lot of sorry. people don't do that. <laughs> no, to, to back squirrel on you a little bit, so I... Um, when I was younger, my first job was at McDonald's, which was great. I would recommend anybody getting a job where they have to deal with the public because um, it's a life lesson in itself every single day. I worked at McDonald's too in the drive-through. Yeah, it's, it was great. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything. But I don't I don't know about great. I mean, it was fun. It was fast paced at the time yes. in my life. I was okay with it. And I was just happy to have a, have a job. Well, so I yeah, I guess like, it was great it was, for a sixteen year old kid with no experience. It was, it was a good experience. Um, but I was going, originally I was going to school to be an educator. Um, and then after the first time I actually worked in a classroom, I uh, cried for days because of this experience I had with a, a little person. And I thought, I can't do that. I can't bring, I can't bring my work home with me like this every day. Um, and so I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to do. But a lady from my church said, hey, I work at this bank in Sedalia. We have an opening. Why don't you come apply? And, and I did, and that was just kind of the beginning of the end, if you will. I really loved, I love to talk to people. I love working with people, and that really was just the door that opened to lead me into the finance world. Okay. I, um, I actually used to work in banking whenever I was getting my second college degree. I was a bank teller, and then from transitioning from Arkansas to Missouri, I had gotten a job as a uh, personal banker. So I did small loans. I did second mortgages. Um, I had to deal with um, non-sufficient funds, which is, oh yeah, they made That's me, not fun. Oh, they made me tell everybody like, I'm sorry, your money got deposited the next day and you've got $400 worth of overdraft fees. Yeah, that was, oh, I hate that. God, I hate that. But, um, Okay, so I'll tell you a couple of my experiences was the person that was my branch manager whenever I first moved to Missouri and got a job in banking, um, I don't even, I'm pretty sure she either got her GED or she didn't, I know that she didn't finish high school like in the normal um, since and I think she got her GED and then she did not go to college but then she had so much work experience which is just, you know, you can't replace that. Exactly. Okay? So work experience, but she would not hire someone unless they had at least a four-year degree. Okay. So it didn't matter what it was in, had to have a four-year degree. And I was like, okay, that's like the pot con kettle black or, you know, and I'm like, okay, I get you. And then 
Oh, my gosh. Uh, I was, you know, with the southern draw, had to tell people, I'm so sorry, you know, and try to help them figure out when, you know, to help them not have that happen again. But, boy, I made a mistake one time, and you might be able to, I don't, you know, like there's a difference between like a money order and a certified check on the amount of money that they can send. Yes. Well, I think one of them taps out at like $500 or something, or, or I don't know. Well, I didn't mean to, and had this person had to go out of state to get a vehicle, and it was several thousand dollars. Well, I put it on the wrong piece of paper, so the bank had to like pay for the person to um, stay the night, and, <laughs> and then we had to overnight them a check. That was on that was printed on the right oh, paper. All gone. Oh, I got in so much trouble. <laughs> I got wrote up for that, but I'm like, oh, I just robbed her. There was two pieces of paper, and I grabbed the wrong one and printed it on it. Oh man, I made some mistakes <laughs> in banking. I was really good at customer service and figuring out, you know, like getting all of the pieces of paper for the loans and helping loans go through. And and I'm okay with not sugarcoating anything and trying to help them. But man, there are so many. Like I don't know how many loans or that your bank goes through, but I know that I was kind of tapped out around twelve that I could handle with knowing all the little pieces of paper that were coming in that I was needing from each, you know, from each person. And you have to every every couple of minutes somebody walks in and they need to ask you a question, and you got to have it right there for them. You can't be like, "Hold on, let me look." So I don't know. There's just a lot more going on than what people realize. So vice, okay. So you have three jobs, okay. So vice president. Business Development Coordinator, Marketing Director. Marketing Director, um, both the, the Business Development Coordinator and the Marketing Director, I could see how they had to give that to the same person because one of them, you're going out and you're like meeting people and seeing what their needs are. And the Marketing Director kind of gives you the opportunity to do some stuff. Like, for example, you came and passed out candy for us for Halloween. Right. Well, then you got to see our business and to find out what our needs were. So the marketing director job is going to help you with the business development coordinator job. I could see how, like, those needed to go to the same person. Now, is there anything, um, another job descriptor or what you need to do that's just in the vice president um, no, no. Okay. That, that's just a title, if you will. So there, a lot of different people have a lot of different titles. So that was just a, a title that I was given, which is, which is really cool. Yeah. So you are 38 years old and you are vice president or a, you always say a vice president. One of the vice president. One of the vice yes. president. <laughs> you know, I always just thought there's one president, one vice president, but then I could see that they have them, um, because you're assisting the president, and I understand that there's a whole bunch of different webs, and there's things that some person's going to be good at that another person's going to be horrible at, so I could understand why there's multiple vice presidents going on there. Um, Okay, so let's get into business talk, okay? What is something that you have seen more than once of a pitfall of someone wanting to do business? What? Okay, so we're needing insight, like rip the Band-Aid and tell people, like, what are something, what's something that you would advise a business to do? So I think 
from the very beginning, I think it's very important. You know, you learn about all this stuff in school and you don't think it's important, but it is. But make a business plan. Have somebody that you can sit down with. You know, I know at, at State Fair College, they have a person that specializes in helping first-time, um, excuse me, first-time business owners. Um, you almost said homeowner. I almost did say homeowner, <laughs> yeah. First-time business owners, they, they have a, a whole division of people to help you come in. Let's make a business plan together. Let's, what's it going to take? How much working capital are you going to need? Who are you going to sell or service with, with your plan, and is it really viable? But I think it's important to have that kind of discussion um, in anything that you're doing to make sure your plan is going to come together. But there's so many pieces of that. There's there's the marketing, there's the funding, there's actual putting it into motion. But I think it's important, even if you don't do it to that level, I think it's still important to sit down and make a plan just like you do with your books. You know, you didn't just say, oh, I'm going to just write a book and publish it. And then, okay, you had a plan. Where do you want it to go? How do you want to market it? What's your end goal? And I think all those steps are important to think about no matter what your business is doing. A lot of times, like with our, because we have different parts of our business, um, one of the main things that we had issues with was not having clarity. And I'm still trying, it, you know, it's easier to give birth than to raise the dead. And nothing that we had was dead, but I had muddled it up. Okay, so now I realize that I need, okay, so what I'm talking about is, um, we have basically have three businesses, Von Holten Ranch, the wedding and event venue, and then Brandy Von Holten, okay? Um, each one of those needed a Facebook page. Um, each one of those needed an Instagram page. Uh, one of those needed a Twitter page. Two of those three things needed a Pinterest page, okay? And we needed a couple of different websites to be able to get people to specific spots of our website site you know because people that are coming to us for our wedding venue don't need to know about mounted archery right okay and then people that are coming to me to get motivated and to stay motivated don't need to know that chairs are included for a wedding right okay so that the marketing side we most definitely needed help with um i wish that we would have had a little bit more clear business plan we kind of we knew what our goals were and then we worked backwards from there. Now that I see all of the um, opportunities there are to help small businesses, man, oh, I mean, it's it's nice now with going into our future businesses because it right. just gets so much more clear. And you don't have this like, um, those moments where you feel like you just work, work, work. But then if you had to write down like three things that you did, you really couldn't, but then you worked Okay, I don't know right. if you know what I'm talking about, where, like, you just, man, you work for, like, eight, ten hours straight, it feels like, but you didn't really get anything done. That's that same feeling that I have without having a business plan for something. I feel like I'm working myself in the ground, but not really moving or right. going forward. So, people, okay, so that's one big pitfall. Um, you know, something that I see in that, in my horse world and our agriculture world is people want to call themselves something like blah 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 horseshoeing or double XL horseman you know some right. kind of horsemanship and they don't even have a uh, they didn't even do a fictitious name filing and then people are trying to write them checks and they're like hold on write the check in my name you know what I mean so they they got that all muddled up instead of like doing a fictitious name filing having I have a lot of friends that they don't, they're not LLC'd. 
Ooh, yeah. I know that right there. Uh, take a moment. Can you explain an LLC and like a very, um, you're not getting legal advice from us <laughs> kind of definition? So LLC is limited liability company and, and it is just what it says it is. So if you have any issue arise and, and somebody sues you, they're suing the limited liability company. Your assets are left normally unharmed in that process. And I would encourage anybody to uh, consult with an attorney and, and really dig into what that means. But, you know, we have a lot of companies that have multiple LLCs. So they'll have the Peterson Properties LLCs, which will own their building. And then the business that they run is Peterson Enterprises LLC. Um, so even those two entities are different and they they do that for a reason one, for the tax advantages that can come with having those two things separate, but also from a liability standpoint, it's important to have those things segregated. And some people do a DBA, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, but having that extra layer and DBA, of protection. DBA, doing business as. So that's the people that spend less than $10 to have a fictitious name filing, and then you can accept a check written into a different name other than yours. Correct. You yes. can be Brandy Horseshoeing. You know, beautiful horseshoeing or whatever. <laughs> I'm not ever going to shoe a horse, by the way. <laughs> It'd be something I do not go into. That's some hard work. Okay, so um, recap for me. You said that people need to have a business plan. Um, maybe talk to an attorney about being LLC'd. Get the my advice is get your name right. Don't be. Don't be skirting around that. Yes. I mean, if you're going to say that you're a professional and you're a business, then be a professional. I mean, I think it costs like $8 to do a fictitious name filing. Or I mean, it's, it's nothing. It's not that much more to do an LLC, though, either. Yeah, I mean, like it doesn't cost, I mean, like the lawyers will hand you a stack of piece of paper and they'll show you where to sign and they have lawyered, lawyered it up because if something happened and then I don't lose my house and I don't lose my right. car, you know, as a business. Okay. The, the other thing I would suggest is to find an accountant. Yes. Interview some people. Go meet with some people. You know, we have a lot of amazing accountants just in our area. Uh, but find one that you're comfortable with. You know, a, a person that I know started a business, and that's exactly what they did. They went around and just met with different accountants until they felt comfortable with the advice that they were given. And, again, I think that's important. These people are going to be filing your taxes and helping you do things. Yeah, you, you want to make sure that they're good. We have a professional people. accountant. Right. I mean, and and then the expense that they um, cost us is not very much, and then it's done right. Exactly. And um, and then I'm able to write that expense as a business expense because it is a business expense. Exactly. So I don't know why you would go through the headache, and then also you could call you could mess yourself up because oh I will t- here we go. A little bit too much oversharing. A long time ago, whenever, well, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, David and I have only been married for like 15 years right now. But um, the IRS said that uh, we uh, were hobby farmers because um, we both had full-time jobs. So how could we also be a full-time cattle farmer? And we're like, we don't, we don't have kids and we... This what what? This is what you do. Right? That's what we do. We just work. I mean, like, what do you do for fun? Oh, we work. <laughs> but anyways, um, so they didn't let us use our expenses from the cattle farm because we were hobby farmers. So it wasn't that much money, but then they charged us fines for not have paid that then. So then it turned into five digits. I mean, oh. we had to get a loan to pay that off. And 
you know, we just, we, we learned our lesson real quick over you, um, you know, you need to have an accountant. We have two lawyers. We have one that is used through Legal Shield. Legal Shield costs me twenty nine ninety a month, and then I can just call and ask questions. And they have like a huge. Um, that's just nice to be able to to find out something quick. And then we have our our main lawyer. That's whenever big stuff's got to happen, like the LLC, or if we have to send a cease and desist, or if something major comes up, we have that lawyer. But then my small lawyer needs, I use Legal Shield. Um, they look over documents. They help me with trademarking because I've messed up both of them. I had to get them fixed, and uh, it's just nice to be able to consult with a lawyer. But we're not over here doing that stuff ourselves. Like With our accounting, we we add everything up and we categorize everything, but then they do the final stuff. Right, right. So, okay, what other advice? Is there any advice just for women? Just for women. Just for women. Is there anything that in banking, is there any kind of loans or anything that you can think of that, because being a female is a minority, right? I was just going to say, we have a lot of, of businesses that are female-owned business because there are a lot of advantages to females who own companies. What all those advantages are, I don't know. But I do know that there are a lot of different opportunities for women who own their own business simply because they're women who own their own business. Right. But again, have somebody that can help you with that information. Really dig into that and make the most out of what you're doing. All these programs are available. You just have to figure out which one fits you the best. Okay. All right. So, um, Let's talk about young people and checking or, or their banking needs. Um, what is something, if you could talk to your 10-year-old self, okay, or your 12 or 14-year-old self, sure. what is something that you could advise for children or for, I mean, a lot of times kids get money as presents. Uh, what, what the heck should they do with that money? So something that we've really seen a big shift in in banking, especially in the time that I've been in here, are a lot of people... They don't save like they used to. Um, we don't see nearly as many uh, savings accounts. You know, when people come to the bank, they used to open a checking account and a savings account. It just was a standard. I need to open two accounts. You know, and now we open a checking account. We don't do very many. Sa- we still do savings accounts, okay? But we don't do uh, as many as we used to do. Um, you know, when you think of CDs, certificates of deposit, you know, that used to be the huge thing. People would come in and get a CD. Um, so they'd have their savings account and they'd have a CD, you know, we have different instruments now, but it's just not the same. So are you, okay. So are you saying maybe young people need to set up a savings account? Yes. I think that's a really good first step. So what we've done with our kids and I'm not saying what we've done is the only way to do it or the best way to do it. Um, but we did a little bit of the, the Dave Ramsey philosophy at the Peterson house, which is our, our kids have envelopes. They have a save spend and a donate. And so anytime they get money, they make the decision of what they need to put in each envelope, but we encourage them to put a a large portion into the save pile. Right. Because again, you never know what's going to happen. And I always joke, I feel like every time we put money in savings and I'm like, yes, we finally have some, then something happens. And then you, you feel like you're going backwards, but really you're not. You know, the point of having a savings account is in case something happens and you've got the money to keep yourself afloat, so to speak. So let's talk about, so Dave Ramsey has helped my husband and I. Um, Dave Ramsey is a book author, and he also has, a, I think, a podcast. Yes. Um, but he, here's Dave Ramsey. I mean, it's like some of the most simplistic stuff at the beginning. It's like, 
don't buy nothing new. Okay. Uh, work a whole bunch. Right. And don't spend no money. And you know, he, it's, you were right. It's very simple stuff. And I have to credit my husband because he's the one that really got involved in all that. Cause I'm a spender. Okay. Yeah. If it was up to me, we wouldn't have a dime darn name and I would spend, spend, spend. Oh my gosh. That's just who I am. I don't know why it's crazy. Um, but a we, lot of my friends are spenders. I'm not. I'm like the anti-spender. <laughs> I'm all like, I spent $14 two weeks ago on some, like, I don't know. I will wear something until it's dead and then keep wearing it. Right. But I think that's something that's very important. Um, so our son adopted a, a child in Africa that we send money to each month. That was something that was very near and dear to him. Um, and so with that, each year they send us a brochure at Christmas time to hear it's Christmas time. Do you want to give them anything extra? And so each year that magazine comes and it's up to our kids. You know, they go through the magazine and they decide what they want to send and what they want to do. Um, so this year they bought a family, a goat and two, two ducks. Um, you know, so they spend a hundred of their own dollars to send a goat and two ducks. Okay. So in the grand scheme of things, is that that much? No, but it's a great lesson that it's teaching them as far as giving to others, which is very important, um, and saving your money and they still have some money to spend on themselves. Absolutely. Um, but there's still a lesson in, in saving and, and giving. So we, I'm very involved with interns around here, and we have high school students that work for us, and I show them how I pay bills, mm. and I actually have everything like an Excel, and whenever it gets paid, it's highlighted, and then I really like the highlight because then, you know, some things I've got two months out, some things I've got four months out, meaning that it's paid in advance because of our whole feast famine thing going right, on. Right. And they're just like, I don't know of anybody that pays bills like that. And then like I've had them, um, if they work for me, like during the winter, I'll have them write checks. A lot of them don't know how to write checks. They don't yes. know how to fill out an envelope. So a lot of people need to get a little bit more busy with having their kids deal with money. I've been around other kids before where I was like, uh, they wanted something and they were like, just put it on that card. Then you right. don't have to pay for it. They said, because then you don't oh. have to pay for it. And I'm like, no, no, no. That pulls out of money that you have. So you're not having to carry all that money around. Or it's like a loan and they charge you They charge you interest. Like I've been around kids that didn't understand interest at all. Right. You know, they, or credit cards, they think of it as like free it's money. free money. Yeah. Ooh. It's not. You know, and that, I, I wish, uh, the bank I worked at before, we actually had the opportunity to go into the school there, and we did a class for the younger kids, so it was a fourth grade class, but then we also were able to go into the high school and talk to the personal finance class, so for any of you listening, if you have an opportunity to call your local bank and have them come in and talk to your personal finance class, do that, uh, because they are doing a great job. I'm so glad that they changed their requirements to require children to have a personal finance class in high school. I think it is 100% necessary. Um, but I also think it's good to have somebody from a bank come in because some of the kids don't have the best example at home. Right. Or, or they don't know, and that's okay. But, right. you know, we're a community. We're supposed to be doing this together. We're supposed to be helping each other together. Um, so use the resources you have. Have people come in as a guest speaker and just let them ask silly questions. You know, because maybe they don't know what a credit report is. You know, I didn't know what interest on a loan was when I was 16 years old. I had no idea because I'd never had to have a loan before. Oh, a lot of people don't understand credit score. Yes. I think um, 
I, I don't know what the lowest score is. Probably a zero. I think it's 350 to 850 if I remember 850, correctly. 850, I know. Well, we have like a, a soft credit report mm-hmm. done every month on our... We have one credit card. It's a Discover credit card just so we can... We don't want to have to tie up money on a on a banking card, you know, if something... Because right. a lot of times they'll um, put more... They'll hold more than what the thing was, and it's on there for 10 days, and it can yes. mess you up and stuff. So we'll use a credit card for that, but they do like a soft thing, and it has like a, uh, like kind of like a fuel tank looking at, and at the mm-hmm. top of it is 850. Right. So, I mean, like kids aren't going to know that 850 is the highest credit score that you can have. Do you know what the lowest number is to still be able to get a good uh, loan so right now I think 640 is the lowest to get a mortgage. But what I think is important to understand is that's going to come with some other hooks, if you will. You know, you're, the rate that you get when you have a 640 credit score is a lot different than the rate you're going to get as an 840 credit score. You know, you're going to pay for that lower rate. You're, you're going to pay an extra percentage. You're going to pay extra fees. You're going to be considered more high risk. You can still get a loan, but it's not going to be as, as easy as a person who's got a better credit score. But what okay. I think is important to remember, too, is, you know, we I when I was doing loans, you know, I'd pull somebody's credit report, and they'd have a, a $70 charge-off from Verizon. Well, have you paid that? Well, no, because I didn't agree with the bill. Well, it doesn't really matter at that point. You know, fight it or pay it, but those things affect you tremendously. You know, so be responsible in what you're doing, um, and maybe something I shouldn't say, but you know, some of those payday places can get you in trouble in a hurry. Oh, yeah. Um, so, again, that brings so, me back to have a relationship with a banker. If you right. really do find yourself in trouble, and it's going to happen. That's just life. Oh, yeah. We had to go a to a bank and be like, hey, we owe the IRS some money because of some fun. We had right. to have a relationship with our bank. And then the payday loan things, man, those things get you upside down because they'll give you money before your paycheck's in, but then they charge you interest. So then whenever you do get your paycheck it's actually going to be less money that you had and I know people that get into these vicious cycles a lot of people get into vicious cycles about all sorts of bad stuff in their life and it's just easier to do without for a little bit and then push through if you're able to and if you're not then try to be one and done one and done and read some Dave Ramsey I think he (laughs) even makes you put like hundred dollar bills into some you got a break the picture frame to get the hundred dollar bill out so it's really got to be worth it for you to right. try to get those I think that's like the I think he has four or five hundred dollars that he tries to get you to put into that so like it but you know we've had stuff I mean we had our refrigerator break like last winter or winter before that and we were like oh, you know and then we needed a you know I don't think it was two thousand dollars it was well less than that but we needed money right then And so it is nice to have a relationship with your bank. And it sounds like things, I mean, like, I've never had a banker before come and pass out candy at a Dexter Roberts (laughs) concert, you know. And um, it is nice to, like, I, I need to sit down and be like, what? Okay, so here's what we have. Is there anything that I can make it better? Because I've had a couple of financial advisors talk to me, and whenever, and I don't really like sharing my financial stuff too much. I like to keep that separate because right. it's just healthier. Um, but I've had two of them look at it, and they were like, "We wouldn't change anything that you're doing." And so it is nice that you would um, that your bank had actually said, "Oh, 
you should do that. You should do that. You know, it's nice to have someone that's not always just trying to get your business. If it's a, that's kind of like us with our horse trail riding facility. We have 25 miles of trail and we're not extremely difficult. Okay. So if somebody comes here that wants to ride, you know, that's going to ride 50 miles in a day and they really like some like ledges and stuff, they're going to be bored to death at our place. But then if we've got somebody that's got a grandkid that's trying to get used to riding or if you have somebody that wants to ride for a couple of hours um, or if somebody's traveling by themselves, we're perfect because we live here. We have a perimeter fence. So, like, it's all about knowing we're perfect for some people and other people don't need to waste their time. You know, so, like, it's nice to be able to find exactly what you want. Okay, so... Kids need to save more. Yes. I Businesses so. need to have a business plan. Um, anything. What if anything that you see, I want to know some down and dirty. What's something like <laughs> cool that could help people? Do you have anything about checking account? What about getting checks? Okay, so are checks going to be leaving us? You know, um, we actually have, have looked into that. Each year we kind of... We have a meeting with our retail team and our commercial team and our marketing team. We all kind of come together with the holding company and, um, you know, just really dig into what are we seeing. So 13% of people that open a checking account right now order checks. That's it. 13%. Everybody else gets a debit card or a credit card or both. Um, so, you know, that that paper mentality really is going away, um, which is it's kind of good and bad. Um, and kind of to your point, as you were saying, you know, kids don't understand. You just swipe that card. You know, our kids did the same thing. You know, mommy, I want whatever. Well, we can't afford that. Well, why? You just swipe that card, you know. Um, so it's kind of interesting in that aspect. I think the other advice that I would give people is to still balance your checkbook. Okay. Even though you're not writing checks, pay, we make it so easy, you know, on our app. You can look up every single day what's coming in and what's going on. Do that. Look at it every single day. You know, we didn't used to have that advantage, Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's so important to know where you're at and what you're doing. So, okay, something about people ordering checks. You know, I don't order checks through the bank. I wonder if that percentage is actually higher. I order my own checks through Vistaprint. Because they've got a lot more designs and it's cheaper a lot of times. Yep. You know, sorry. No, no, you're right. But but I wonder if it's actually higher. But there's people like me that are like, I'll, I'll order my checks myself. You know, you know? A, a lot of businesses do that. And some of that is because they want special computer checks. So depending oh. on the, the system that they're using, they need a certain. Like QuickBooks. Correct. Yeah. You know, they need a certain whatever. And, and we can do some of that. Um, but also it just depends on, on what you need and how you're paying it. But along those same lines, and one of the things that I'm really trying to push some of our businesses, um, to look into is embrace some of the technology that is available. You know, we've got a lot of different programs that you can use that don't require you to write checks anymore, you know, and, and you can actually make money on your money. Instead of writing a check, you can pay through a lot of different processes and it actually will earn you money instead of costing you money. Um, so again, it's just... So they just need to go and talk to their bank and be like, okay, right. And tell it, me everything. It's not very often that your banker can come and say, hey, I've got a great program for you. And guess what? I'm going to pay you to use this program. I'm going to give you money if you do this. That doesn't happen very often at a bank. Right. Um, but again, that's what having a relationship with your banker is all about, is being able to go in and say, hey, what's new? What do you see coming? You know, right now we're working on getting ready to launch a program 
uh, in the next quarter that will allow you to invoice your customers. So you can send them an invoice and they can pay you electronically through this invoicing process. So you're not mailing an invoice to them. They're not mailing, they can mail a check back, but it's just going to be a completely different way to manage your small business through this process. And it's going to be wonderful, but it also is getting people to embrace that technology and and really understand how it can make you more efficient and more effective in what you're doing. Well, I know right now I'm trying to embrace TikTok (laughs) and I, I just embraced Instagram reels the other day and you know, all of that stuff, it feels so uncomfortable at first. I I mean, like, I know it's not the same thing that you're talking about, but I mean, I'm, I'm 41 right now, whenever this podcast is being interviewed, you know, while we're doing this podcast interview and technology's rough. I know a lot of people finally got into Facebook, you know, and now it's changing up a little bit. And if you want to talk to younger people, you got to be on Instagram. And now if you want to talk to even younger people, not, not kids, we ain't talking about kids. I don't want to talk to no kids, (laughs) but (laughs) Snapchat, you know, so like you have to evolve as a business owner, you have to evolve. I mean, are you, but then you also have to embrace everybody at what level they are. I have some people that I have to physically print off and mail them one of our newsletters. And then I have other people that want it emailed. I have some people that want me to email them differently than the way that it is. And I have to send them PDFs, you know, and so like, it's okay. I mean, because I'm still reaching my market and now, now I have this podcast. We also have, we have that e-newsletter I write in a couple of magazines. I mean, we have uh, all sorts of social media. So like, embracing technology has got to happen and it needs to happen with your bank you need to just go and sit down and be like call them up be like hey I want to sit down and I want to go through and see if there's anything that I'm missing because they'll talk to you for free right absolutely I mean that's their job is to try to figure out how to help you or to make you a happy customer so you don't leave Right. You know, I know a lot of the times with our larger customers, I know our, our lenders try and sit down with them once a year and go through their, their tax return and go through their, how's your business doing? What about this? What can we do here? And I know there's a lot of people that think that's silly, um, but it's extremely valuable. And again, then that gives you an opportunity to say, hey, what else can you do for me? There's nothing wrong with asking your banker that. What can you do for me? Right. Um, and I think that just opens the door to that discussion. And that's how, you know, like you said, we came and had lunch with you. That's how that happened. You know, let's, let's sit down. Here's what we can do for you, but what do you need from us? And I think that's our job as a bank is to, to give back in a lot of different ways. So you were talking about, they need to balance their checkbook more. So I'll tell you, Brandy Von Holton balances her checkbook every other day. Okay. I don't try to log on every day, but I balance, we have multiple checking accounts and, um, my husband will like go buy some metal and then I'm like, where's the receipt? I need to know how much that was because I have been the other person that didn't do it for three or four months. And then I've been that person that had to get out the red ink pen. Okay. I guess, I mean, like we're human, right? you know, like the, how I've gotten good at business is sometimes, you know, bad decisions, bad decisions make you smart. You learn. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Education is Uh, never free. Okay. And we're not talking about colleges, (laughs) nothing like that. But, um, so now I balance them every other day. And then I, I have a five-year plan. I have a five, five five-year financial plan. And, um, each year 
I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to pay something off. What is it going to be? And I usually go with the highest interest rate. Or if there's something that's going to be paid off that year, I try to go ahead and nip that. And then I can create a snowball. Snowball, yeah. yeah. And eat up debt. I hate debt. I want to be debt-free. You know, before we did Von Holten Ranch, we were going to be debt-free by 42. Well, I'm 41, and we're not debt-free. <laughs> we're so far away from it right now, but then, but we're making progress. And, you know, like, I don't know if any of y'all ever took, like, high school physics where they have that, the car you have to build, and you have to be able to um, make it go with a rubber band, like the lever. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about right now. It might have been an Arkansas thing. (laughs) But um, those things always take so much time. They're really slow at the beginning, the car going down the ramp. But then as momentum increases, that car gets to going faster. So paying off debt is like that. Sometimes it's slow, and if you're going through it, you just got to keep making those payments. You got to keep looking for little ways to get ahead and then you will gain momentum. And then whenever you get some momentum, then you got to keep the hustle up. Because a lot of times when people finally get some money, they stop the hustle. Never stop hustling. Right. Make a budget. Try and stick to it. But, yep. but know where you're at and, and make good decisions to live within where you're at. So when if you're a spender like Erica and you like <laughs> to spend some money, that's okay. Just make sure you budget for it. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. And she's she's dressed a lot cuter than I am right now. <laughs> she has like a white sweater on with gold polka dots, but not gaudy. Okay, it's not gaudy gold. They're little bitty, like like it snowed on her, but it snowed gold. Snow. That's right. <laughs> and then her necklace matches. It's got little gold circles on it too, okay? And I'm over here wearing some, I think there's some Walmart stretch pants and like a free t-shirt, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so she is... Um. She's kicking my butt and looking pretty cute right now, okay? So there's some uh, trade-off for being a spender. You look cuter than I do. (laughs) But it's just like a diet. You know, you you can't go on a diet and and say, I'm never going to eat chocolate again. That's ridiculous. So just like budgeting, you can't say, oh, I'm never going to spend money. You'd go crazy if you did that. Oh, yeah. Well, our whole society is set up on, we're we're a spending society. We like, I looked up, um, Amazon tells you the number of items that you purchased that's scary i Ooh. know they they itemized it and i seen i you know i thought it was going to be a lot higher but i i bought 36 items from amazon last year that's it yeah i thought it would have been at least wow. 100 so i went ahead and got two more things that i needed <laughs> <laughs> that i needed yesterday so uh Anyways, all right, so this right here was Big Boss Mare. This is uh, Erica Peterson. If they are around this area and they'd like to talk to you or, okay, so tell them how to get in touch with you. So you can, Or your bank. I was yeah. going to say, you know, I, I would recommend looking up Central Bank, whatever community you're in. We have an amazing uh, group of people that we are, are working with, um, and we are just, I think, a really great company. So anywhere you see a Central Bank Dogwood logo, go in, find out what you can do. Even if it's not Central Bank, go in and have a discussion. Uh, find a relationship that you can create that's really going to help you not only grow personally, but grow your business into something that will be sustainable. So, okay, one let, why dogwood? So the dogwood is a Missouri state flower. Okay. And so uh, the gentleman that founded our bank was in Jefferson City, and he was just a guy that was really big on Missouri and being proud of where you come from, and so he made that our logo. Okay, see, um, 
I was born and raised in Texas and then eighth grade through second college degree in Arkansas. So I guess everybody else that's listening to this from Missouri, you better know that because I know the blue bonnet is the state flower for Texas, okay? So you better know your state flowers. Okay. All right. Well, hey, thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to Big Boss Mayor with Brandy Von Holton.